Turns out Williams Winery may well be coming to Columbia after all. So you're telling me there's a chance. Plus, a prominent Missouri beat writer has a different favorite to start a quarterback than me. So let's talk about all this and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. And you know what? Here's what I'm going to throw in for you today as I click the wrong button there on my graphics. Hey, we're back. Didn't mean to mute my face there. No need to draw the curtain this early in the show. But you know what? Yesterday on the program, I talked about Williams Winery, a Lee Summit product. Some people think maybe the best player, best high school football prospect in the entire country. Certainly probably the best in the state. One of the absolute best on the defensive line, without a doubt. And obviously, a lot of people like Georgia and Oklahoma, big-time SEC programs and future SEC programs, I suppose, are after that young man. And as I said yesterday, the reporting's been a little bit all over the place. Williams Winery was said to be visiting Missouri this weekend for an official visit, and the reporting was, oh, that's been canceled, and he's actually going to Georgia now. And as I'm going to talk about with Brian Smith here, Later in this show, well, we're going to talk about Winery a little bit later. But the word is now that apparently Winery is going to be in Columbia on Friday and Saturday and then leave for Athens on Saturday afternoon. So he's going to pull a double visit this weekend. Regardless, I suppose it's a little bit concerning that, I don't know, maybe he's cutting the Missouri official visit short. Apparently, you know, it's hard to know what to make of that exactly, but regardless, you got to think it's going to be an uphill battle for Missouri to get this young man's services. But having said that, I feel a lot better today knowing that apparently anyway, that's the report that Winery is going to come to Missouri this weekend. Better to get him on campus than not. That's for darn sure. Hopefully Desiree Reed, Francois, Eli Drinkwitz and their impressive and voluminous Jordan footwear connect- collection can close the deal. And by the way, I should point out that that Winery update was mostly courtesy of Gabe DeArmond over at PowerMizzou.com. And speaking of Gabe, I thought it was interesting in his mailbag today. Well, he gave Sam Horn a slight edge as of today to be Missouri's starting quarterback. Now, obviously, a few days ago, I said that Brady Cook was the favorite. And Gabe's words there, well, that certainly makes me move my quarterback odds a little bit. I gave everybody, well, the top four or five guys anyway on the roster, odds of being the starter day one. I think I had Cook something like minus 180, maybe even as much as minus 200. So you'd have to put down $200 to win 100, in other words. Well, again, I got to make those odds more close to even now. If, if, if Gabe is going to come out and say he thinks 
that he thinks Sam Horn has that good of a chance to start to the point where he'd even give him a slight edge. Well, that, that makes me pause for sure. Gabe definitely knows stuff. He knows people. He talks to people within the program for sure. And that's the kind of real somewhat inside information scuttlebutt, if you will, that I've been waiting for Been waiting to hear it about Horn or Jake Garcia for that matter, because obviously with cook out for the entire spring recovering from his labrum surgery, well, those guys had an opportunity to grab the bull by the horns, no pun intended, but it just doesn't seem like it totally happened. And in fact, the, the word on the street was that Dylan Leibel, the walk-on, was actually the best-looking player in the spring at times. So all of that just said to me, hey, I'm going to actually take Eli Drinkwitz at his word here and say that Brady Cook probably is your leader in the clubhouse. I think if I were putting down odds at FanDuel Sportsbook, I think I would still do that. I think I'd still make Brady the slight favorite, but I can't be as confident as I was a week or two ago. And by the way, speaking of big-time players out of the state, on the other side of the state, the St. Louis area, Ryan Wingo out of St. Louis University High, well, he is coming for a visit as well, reportedly at the same time as Williams Winari. So, wow. Couple of couple of big time opportunities here for Eli Drinkwitz and company to completely flip the recruiting momentum with even just getting one of those two players. And the word is Missouri does have a much better shot with with Ryan Wingo. And well, certainly Missouri's done a pretty good job of landing some really big time wide receivers, including Luther Burden, Doriel Greenbeckham, and Jeremy Macklin over the last ten or fifteen years of so or so within this state. But again, I'm going to talk more about Winari, Ryan Wingo, the Missouri quarterback position for the future in Aiden Glover from Colliersville, Tennessee, with Brian Smith coming right up. But you know what? First, I want to tell you about bird dogs and darn it. My goal to wear nothing but golf pants and swim trunks. Well, it came to a break when I broke my foot. But you know what? We're still having a good time. I'm doing all right. Still wearing my bird dogs. They feel as comfy as ever. And they do the exact same things as the more expensive the Lululemon brand, for instance. But they frankly just fit me a little bit better. And they use these anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry and stank free on the golf course. Come on. You know I need that. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and get your free Yeti style tem- tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for your free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Don't miss the Locked On NBA Draft live on Thursday night. Pick-by-pick analysis from our stable of local NBA hosts, national reaction from our NBA big board hosts, and live check-ins from inside the NBA Draft. That's Locked On NBA Draft live starting at 6.30 Central on the Locked On NBA YouTube page. All right, now, once again, we're going to bring in Brian Smith to talk a little college football recruiting of course Missouri specific recruiting and no better place to start than Aiden Glover Brian Aiden Glover three-star quarterback prospect out of the state of Tennessee Missouri picked him up pretty quickly after Daniel Kalen moved on from his commitment to his home state to play with the Nebraska Cornhuskers Brian what do you think about Aiden Glover do you have any thoughts 
number one, he's a mobile kid that can get outside the pocket, make some really unique throws, and he kind of carries himself like a kid that's a bit of a gunslinger, while he also has some pocket presence to him. That's pretty good technique. I was surprised that he wasn't a little higher rated. Um, Collierville is a good program. I, I was surprised. And to be able to pick him up after you already had another kid, pretty fortunate for Missouri, to be really honest. Yeah, I think we talked about this previously. I, I really like the idea of being able to settle on that quarterback early in the class. So that did make me a little nervous when Kalen decommitted. Do you think that's a, a nice thing for Missouri to be able to put – all of its resources and everything, except quarterback at this point? If you don't have a quarterback in a class, it's always an asterisk. Yeah, you got to get that. And they're usually locked up pretty early. It's huge to get that out of the way. So you can go after positions like O-line and D-line that need more numbers. It absolutely matters. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, while obviously Missouri is still recruiting high school players at the quarterback position, they got a, a transfer portal guy last season in Jack Abraham this season and Jake Garcia as well. So obviously quarterback depth is always going to be paramount. Now, Brian, I want to ask you about something a little more in sort of a big picture take. A lot of Missouri fans right now are looking at the 2021 recruiting class in particular that was rated very highly by just about everybody in the country, top 15, top 20. And so far, a lot of those guys haven't totally panned out. And with this new world of college free agency, some Missouri fans are saying, why even bother with these high school kids? Let's just take 15, 20 guys out of the portal every season. I don't really agree with this logic, but I'm curious what your take is on <laughs> how, how do you find the balance there, especially for a program like Missouri? It is a very thin line. Let's, let's be honest. It's a very thin line. Let me, let me give you an example. Georgia doesn't need to hit the portal much, obviously, but they still do. I mean, there's always going to be a kid that gets hurt, a kid that turns pro, whatever, at a spot, and you're like, oh, didn't see that one coming. So the portal has its has its points. But to just completely rely on it is going to be also involved with turning your back on your local area, where Missouri needs to do better anyway. Let's be really honest. They've struggled in-state for a lot of the kids they need to get. If you went away even for a year and, and kind of pushed away some high schools, that's not going to end well for you long term. You can't go back from that uh, that's kind of an all-in or all-out so I don't think anybody's going to do that it, they need to be more effective with in-state recruiting that's Missouri's biggest problem and has been forever until they solve that problem Missouri's not going to get over the hump. the portal only helps you it does not eliminate the high school recruiting yeah I think that I think that's exactly right to me just in terms of numbers it just doesn't make a lot of sense it's one thing yeah you can plug a hole Missouri did a good job last year of getting some bodies on the interior defensive line, and, and that mostly works. Certainly Tyron Hopper, the Florida transfer, oh, yeah, yeah. a great transfer there. But to expect that every single guy is going to be like him, well, that's totally unrealistic. I, I'm with you. I think the transfer portal, you can occasionally plug some holes in your roster. But overall, I think, as Gary Pinkle showed, even though, again, this is a new world here that Eli Drinkwitz is in versus what Pinkle or even Barry Odom dealt with, I still think the lion's share of your talent is going to have to be developed through the high school ranks. Because as you alluded to, Brian, the best guys in the portal are still going to be handpicked just like the best guys in high school by Georgia, by Alabama, by LSU, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? You did mention the in-state recruiting. There's one really huge name in the state. I think we talked a little bit about Ryan Wingo last time. I want to talk a little bit about 
the best defensive lineman in the state, one of the best defensive linemen in the country. That's Williams Winery. And if I mispronounce his last name, I apologize. I think I was pretty close there. But he had a official visit to Missouri lined up here coming up in a few days, maybe even this weekend. He's now canceled it to go to Georgia. I'm taking that as a bad sign. What do you think, Brian? You just hit it on the head. When a kid that's the in-state guy switches it around, not a good sign. They could get him on campus this fall, just as a reminder for fans that may not have known this or forgotten about it. The NCAA has changed the rule on official visits. Now it's unlimited. Right. By the way, I think that's a terrible idea, but that's a story for another day. But he could take one the fall in the fall. Georgia has went after the kid really hard, and he's from Kansas City. What's that tell you? I mean, like Georgia doesn't recruit in Missouri. <laughs> he's a Rarely, great player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they're going up, you know he's a prospect. He's a national top 10 kid by everybody. You could make an argument he's the best player in the country. He's basically from Kansas City. Yeah, this is why Missouri doesn't get over the top. I mean, you you just keep losing these kids. So they, they got to figure it out. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, without question. I mean, especially when you look at – it'd be one thing if they missed on the top two, but, boy, you look at, you know, just throwing a, na- throwing a number out, numbers three through, say, 10 or 12 – they're not even really in on most of those guys. So that's the part that's almost more scary to me. I kind of expect at this point that, you know, your williams Winery type players are going to go to Georgia. Most of the time you're going to lose out on those. But when it's those sort of, then you know, four, three, maybe high three-star, lower four-star guys, that's when I start to get nervous. I just don't know how well this staff is going to be able to recover now because they've been there long enough, there's kind of an expectation of what they're going to do. They better do something on the field this year that goes beyond expectations, or it's just not going to work out. You think eight and four is good enough to do it? Eight and four would change some minds, because that would change your bowl game. That means you probably also beat somebody that everybody picked to beat you by two touchdowns. They need that kind of win, especially if they like that game. They almost beat Georgia recently, and then – they, if they beat them, it changes your recruiting for a long time. It's freaking Georgia. So. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think I even go back to Barry Odom's first year of 2016. Kirby Smart, I think it was his first season at Georgia, too. Missouri lost by one at Faroe Field. Obviously, Georgia wasn't the program that they would become. But to your point, it, I, I just think the perception – Yes. On the recruiting trail, everything yes. changes pretty dramatically for Barry Odom if that happens. And the reason I threw out eight and four, by the way, is because even without the Georgia game last year, the fluky Auburn loss, we don't need to go through that oh. again for Missouri fans, the Kentucky game, the big tackle box on the punter, the whole deal, just change those two results and you're at eight and four. And while on the field, that is the slimmest of margins, off the field, I feel like it's a canyon between six and six and eight and four, just in terms of recruiting perceptions for Eli. Does that sound about right to you? You're dead on again. And think about the teams that you're talking about there. Those are really good teams. One, I mean, Georgia speaks for itself. I don't have to explain that, but like Kentucky and South Carolina and some of the other schools in the sec East, they're recruiting against those schools for a lot of kids. If you beat them, it helps you on the grind on their trail. So then you throw in like, oh, by the way, we beat Georgia. Anytime you walk into a house and say we beat Georgia, if the kid's not interested in that, you might be in the wrong home. And what's interesting is I think if let's hypothetically let's play that out, Missouri wins that game. I still think Georgia goes on to win the title with one loss against Missouri. You want to talk about a recruiting feather in your cap, but 100%. somehow just the hey, we almost did it. 
just doesn't play, does it? It maybe it plays well on a on a stat sheet and I on a spreadsheet. I honestly sure. think Missouri was a better team than their six and six record was last season. I really do. But you know, the old Marcel's thing, man, it's just perception is reality. And unfortunately, that's what Drinkwitz and company is dealing with right now. Well, Brian, thanks as always for joining me. Apologize again for being a little late. Glad we were able to squeeze in, man. Appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day and for you every day or tomorrow on the show. And of course, on Friday as well, we're going to be talking a lot of NBA drafts, specifically about Kobe Brown. Where's he headed? How does he fit with this new team? Is this the place for Kobe to truly succeed and find his upside as a pro? Heck, maybe even Des Moines Hodge will get taken. You know, he'll probably sign somewhere as a free agent this summer. So again, all the NBA draft talk you can stomach about all your former Tigers. I got it for you right here on Locked on Mizzou. But you know what? We got to talk a little bit more about Kobe Brown and a really funny, to me, a hilarious little phenomenon that I've noticed for, for years now. It's something that happens every draft year, whether it's the NBA draft or the NFL draft. I promise you it's going to happen tomorrow at some point. Just watch for it. Somebody is going to say when somebody gets drafted that, you know what, he's a great player, but he's an even better person, which I just absolutely love every time. Because, number one, that's just such hyperbole I can't even imagine. Because, number one, if you're if you're drafted in the first round of the NBA draft, for instance, you're in the point oh 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 one percent of all athletes in the world currently. So if you're saying that you're an even better person than that, I don't know, Mother Teresa, show me some examples of that. I'm going to need a little bit of evidence to that type of statement. Again, this is not specific to Kobe Brown whatsoever because I think he's a great guy. He seems like a good guy, perfectly nice guy to get along with, all that stuff. I'm sure he'll be a good teammate. But if somebody were to say he's an even better person than he is a basketball player, I'd be going, well, let's maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Do you really know him that well? Because that's the my favorite part. Not that there aren't. Of course, there are people who are the best people in the world, by definition. They're out there. I just happen to think they just statistically, they probably don't also play professional basketball. Just a thought. Again, for somebody like, you know, Jay Billis to say this, not to pick on Jay, just the first person I thought of, but, you know, I think back in the day, Saturday Night Live made fun of Stephen A. Smith, you know, impersonating him by basically saying that he vacationed with every single person that he would bring up. You know, I, oh, we're we're extremely close. We know each other very well. So the thing that happens during the NBA draft, NFL draft, and just coverage in general is analysts and reporters just acting like they're way closer to these guys than they really are. Kind of a strange phenomenon, I got to say. One even might call it jock sniffing but no i won't go that far but honestly that's one of the reasons i like to keep some distance between myself and the current players the current coaches because i just want to tell you guys what i really think whether it's nice whether it's mean well it's always going to be honest it might be harsh but it's going to be honest and i'll be honest with all of you i think i'm a little bit too much of a softy to be truly brutally honest and constructively critique things constructively if I actually know the people personally so 
on that part, I understand, but you know what? That's why I'm not just a good podcaster. I'm an even better person. But hey, thanks as always for listening to Locked on Mizzou. You're an even better person for having done so. So you know what? Until next time, we're going to talk about Kobe Brown, where I hope he goes, where he goes, and we'll obviously talk about the destination on Friday right here on Locked on Mizzou. (laughs) 